This is Case of the Week, perihilar cholangiocarcinoma, also known as Klatskin tumor. I'm Dr. Dan Koval from Radiologist HQ. Let's look at the case and then I'll review some key learning points at the end. So we'll start with this intravenous contrast-enhanced CT scan of the abdomen. Here we are at the level of the hepatic dome. I'm moving inferiorly now, and notice all these markedly dilated intrahepatic bile ducts here, these branching tubular structures that are converging along this ill-defined hypodense mass here, right at the junction of the right and left intrahepatic branches. And as we follow this inferiorly, notice how it extends right along the common duct. There's some infiltrating ductal thickening there. And then the distal common bile duct, we don't see it as dilated. As we move back to the mass, you can see that it's abutting the portal vein here, but it's not invading it. There's the right portal vein and then also the left portal vein here. Now, whenever you see intrahepatic biliary ductal dilatation, you want to make sure there's not a pancreatic mass that could be causing it, but we're seeing a normal pancreatic body here with the normal pancreatic duct, and that's extending down into the pancreatic head here, which is also normal. So this is a hepatobiliary process that we're looking at. Now, looking at the coronal reformatted images, you can again see the markedly dilated intrahepatic bile ducts there on the left and then also on the right. And here we see abrupt truncation here of that right duct at the level of the mass here. There's the mass. It's abutting the portal vein, but again, not invading it. And here you very nicely see how it's extending along that common duct as an infiltrating soft tissue mass. But then the distal common bile duct, we don't see any dilatation there. Here's the normal pancreatic head. We don't see any mass there as well or any pancreatic ductal dilatation. Now, let's look at an MRI because this is a great way to look at the biliary tree. And what kind of image are we looking at here? Is this T1 or T2 weighted? Well, you can see that the CSF in the spinal canal is bright. So when you see bright fluid, that tells you you're looking at a T2 weighted image. And then also the subcutaneous fat is bright. So it's a non-fat suppressed axial T2 weighted image. Now let's move in fairly. Again, we're seeing that markedly dilated intrahepatic biliary tree on the right and the left, and that's converging along this mildly T2 hyperintense mass here at the junction of the right and left ducts. And when I say mildly T2 bright, I mean relative to the adjacent liver parenchyma. It's actually dark relative to this fluid in the biliary tree. Now, as I scroll inferiorly here, watch the mass, and you'll see that the common duct at the level of the mass is obliterated, and that's why we have the upstream biliary ductal dilatation. But then notice here, we're starting to see it reemerge here. There's the common duct, and then there's this infiltrating soft tissue of the mass extending along it. And we can see that very nicely on these axial T2-weighted images. And then here, notice that the duct looks normal at this point. We're seeing a slightly thickened but otherwise normal biliary epithelial wall. And that we can follow that all the way down into the pancreatic head, where we see the pancreatic duct here and no pancreatic head mass. And there's the contracted gallbladder here. Now let's take a look at that portal vein. So here's the right portal vein, and then there's the mass abutting the portal vein, but we don't see any invasion into the portal vein. Now you might ask, why is the portal vein black? Well, flowing blood on T2-weighted images will look black. That's why we call it a flow void. There's the blood in the IVC and then also the aorta. When you have occlusion or thrombus, you'll lose that flow void and the vessel will look bright. Unfortunately, though, you also see that with really slow flow or even reversed flow, so it's not always a specific finding. Here we're looking at the coronal T2-weighted images, and we're seeing that ill-defined mildly T2 hyperintense mass again. And then we really nicely see that truncation of the right and left hepatic ducts at the junction of the mass. But also, you can see that the distal common bile duct is normal. We don't see any distal cholangiocarcinoma and no pancreatic head mass. There's the pancreatic duct here coming down into the pancreatic head, which we have here, and that looks normal. Let's take a look at the post-contrast images. So this is an axial T1 fat-suppressed post-contrast series. You can see that the CSF in the spinal canal is dark, so that's T1, and then the subcutaneous fat is dark, so that's fat suppression. And we see contrast in the aorta. 
So what phase are we looking at? Well, we're seeing the cortical medullary phase of enhancement in the kidneys and then this arsiform enhancement of the spleen, meaning it's kind of tiger stripey. We're seeing the differences in the red and white pulp enhancement. The pancreas is also quite bright. And then we're not seeing much in the way of hepatic parenchyma enhancement yet. So this is an immediate post-contrast phase image. And notice the mass is right here. It's centrally hypointense, but we're seeing some slight rim enhancement. We're seeing the dilated ducts leading up to it. And now if we move to the one minute post-contrast, you're starting to see the mass is starting to enhance a little bit. We're now seeing the hepatic parenchyma enhance and the portal vein. So we're in the portal venous phase here. The kidneys now are more homogeneously enhancing, indicating the nephrographic phase. And now we see contrast in the IVC and the spleen is also more homogeneous. Now watch this mass as we move to the three minute post-contrast phase. You can see it's now enhancing more homogeneously. And on the five minute post-contrast, there's this slight progressive delayed enhancement. There are the dilated ducts leading up to it. If we look more closely at this five minute post-contrast phase, you can nicely see the demarcation of this mass with the adjacent T1 hypo-intense dilated ducts leading up to it. All right, now let's finish with some diffusion-weighted imaging. So here we're looking at an axial B50 DWI image, and that's a, considered a low B-value image. And when you have a low B-value, your degree of T2 weighting is high and your strength of diffusion is low. So the structures that are T2 bright will look kind of like they do on a T2 fat suppressed series, right? We have CSF in the spinal canal, and then there are the dilated ducts leading up to this mass. But watch what happens when I move to a higher B-value image. Here we're looking at a B400 image, and the mass gets slightly brighter, but then the surrounding dilated ducts become a little less bright, as does the CSF. And then when we move to the highest B value we have, in this case, the B800, the mass gets quite bright, but then the remaining T2 bright structures completely fade away. And that's because as the B value goes up, the degree of T2 weighting drops and the strength of diffusion weighting increases. So anything that gets gradually brighter as you increase your B value is restricting diffusion, meaning that the hydrogen ions within the mass have limited mobility that we can sometimes see in the setting of dense cellularity and malignancy. And that can be confirmed by looking at an ADC map. So anything that's bright on a high B-value DWI image should also be dark on an ADC series, which we have here. So that's indicating true restricted diffusion. Notice how the dilated ducts leading up to the mass are bright because there's free-flowing protons, hydrogen ions within these structures, indicating no restricted diffusion. Now, if we go back to that B800, do you notice anything interesting about the pattern of restricted diffusion? Well, you can see this targetoid appearance, meaning the periphery is bright and the center of the mass is less bright. And that's something that's fairly characteristic for cholangiocarcinoma that we tend not to see with hepatocellular carcinoma. So that's a feature you can use to help you differentiate from HCC. All right, let's look at some key points for perihilar cholangiocarcinoma, which you can also find in the episode show notes. So this type of tumor occurs at the bifurcation of the hepatic ducts. And I should mention that perihilar or hilar cholangiocarcinoma is now the preferred term as opposed to Klatskin tumor, although it's still often known as that. Poor Klatskin. <laughs> and it's a primary malignant tumor of bile duct epithelium. It's usually adenocarcinoma. Cholangiocarcinoma in general is the most common primary hepatic malignancy after hepatocellular carcinoma. And most of these will be extrahepatic, meaning perihilar or distal, as opposed to intrahepatic. The appearance is based on the growth pattern, and as described by the Liver Cancer Study Group of Japan, there's three categories. So there's mass forming, periductal infiltrating, and intraductal growing. And you can have a combination of patterns. So in our case, we had a mass forming pattern where we saw the discrete mass, and then as it extended inferiorly along the common duct, there was the periductal infiltrating pattern causing that ductal thickening. The intraductal growing type will look more like a papillary mass. There are multiple risk factors, including parasite infection. Nothing really good comes from parasites, right? <laughs> Colodocal cysts, other biliary diseases like primary sclerosing cholangitis and recurrent pyogenic cholangitis, and also inflammatory bowel disease. 
typically with ulcerative colitis more commonly than Crohn's. Patients are usually 65 or older, and on CT or MRI, classically you'll see this biliary stricture with shouldering and abrupt tapering. And you might not even see a mass. You might just have this malignant stricture. If you do have a mass, the enhancement pattern is variable, but typically you'll have this rim-like enhancement that has gradual centripetal enhancement on delayed images, and it will be T2 bright. Now you might be saying, well, that sounds just like a hemangioma. And there are some overlapping features, but very key differences. So the enhancement pattern for hemangioma, it will have this peripheral nodular interrupted enhancement with puddling that will be much brighter on that immediate arterial phase series than you'll see with cholangiocarcinoma. And the delayed enhancement should be more homogeneous. But the T2 images are also very important because the hemangioma will be homogeneously T2 bright, often brighter than the spleen on the T2 fat suppressed images, whereas the cholangiocarcinoma, if it's mass forming, is usually heterogeneously bright and often iso intense to the spleen. So that's a key differentiating feature. You might also get capsule retraction with the cholangiocarcinoma as well. As we saw with diffusion, you might have this target-like appearance, and that will favor cholangiocarcinoma over hepatocellular carcinoma. Another way to differentiate from HCC is while both of these tumors can invade the portal vein, you tend to see portal vein invasion more commonly with HCC, but it's important to look at both the portal vein and the hepatic artery when evaluating cholangiocarcinoma case because that's important for staging. I'm delighted that you joined me for this case of the week review. If you enjoyed this lecture, please subscribe to the video podcast or on YouTube. To see bonus teaching material posted throughout the week, you can click the YouTube community tab or follow us on social media. Until next time, radiology is life.